Hello, I'm Alison Creel, founder of Above and Beyond Education, an online portal where every educator is celebrated for the amazing work that they do each and every day. It's a space where you can share what's going really well, celebrate, collaborate and support and so much more. Flying High is the official podcast for Above and Beyond Education, and each week we'll hear from one of our members who'll share the highlights of what's going well for them in their work in education. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Shweb Khan to the uh, Flying High podcast. Um, and I welcome Shweb, and um, I'm really pleased that we're going to celebrate you today. No, hello, Auntie Alison. I hope you're okay. Um, yeah, this is a long time coming. I think we've been to collaborate for a long time now, and you've got an interesting a couple of uh, questions to go through, an interesting conversation to have about both my yeah, journey and celebrating. Yeah, but let me just uh, share some stuff that I know about you, and then you can fill in the gaps for all the listeners. So, um, I got to know you on Twitter, and it was Raj Unsworth who said, do you know Shweb, because he's really interesting. And what we noticed was the way in which you share your observations of every day. Um, and I know that you're an author and a poet and a teacher and a podcast host and, you know, all around busy man. And you also um, tweet very, very regularly with some really profound wisdom, which I like. Um, I also know that you've got no fear of showing your vulnerability and we see that in the way that you share, uh, you know, know, real open-hearted sharing of your stories about home life and your family. Um, And you also share some great ideas about food and music. And you also share some terrible stuff about food and music, which we've talked about. But I always put that down to the fact that that is about your youth. And that maybe when you long longer to like me, <laughs> you may not think so. Um, but it's, it's really exciting to have you here today. And what I'd love you to do is to tell us a little bit more about you and your journey into education. No, thank you. That's a lovely, lovely introduction. Yeah. Um, so uh, me, I, um, I was one of those children at school who couldn't really sit still. Uh, our mother was very anxious to get me diagnosed with ADHD. I think we all knew I had it when I was a child. Um, as I got older, I become more and more fidgety. I think really young, I used to make noises um, a lot. And as I've got older, it's become more fidgety and writing and things like that. But um, yeah, I was a EAL student, pupil premium, um, supposed to have been SEND as well uh, with my ADHD. Right throughout childhood, I think I was one of those children that kind of went under the radar, despite being really silly in class. But it was just more, he's just a boy. Um, I had no intention of becoming a teacher, no, no intention at all till I was about 17. So right throughout my journey in, uh, as a student, I never felt as though I could have my story replicated or heard within the curriculum. I always felt as though we were learning about British culture, British history. There was never an opportunity to hear about Pakistani British or Pakistani Asian or British Asian culture within the curriculum at all. And don't forget, this was the time when you know, we were in school when 9-11 happened, when the 7-7 bombings yeah. happened, prevent duty started in schools as well. I think being a Muslim, there was a lot of taboo around it. And I think there was also a lot of shame around it as well. So we were unwilling to come forward and say, I'm a British, British Muslim. I am a Pakistani heritage. That's taken a long time to get rid of that sort of baggage, I'd even say, and feel proud of where we come from. So I think I was about 17. That's when 
just started to feel a bit more comfortable within myself. I think my ADHD was getting a lot better. I think I was finding coping, coping mechanisms as well. And um, yeah, at 17, met a teacher called Mr. Lewis. So we were inner city uh, boys at school, poorly behaved, bottom set classes, just general menaces, to be honest with you, auntie. And uh, he was fed up of us. And one day he pulled us aside. We were in sixth form. He pulled us aside. So what do you guys want to do? Where do you see yourselves in five, six years? Now we're just talking about the next five or 10 minutes. We have no idea where we're going. We have no idea. And he sat down with us and did this activity about next five steps or the next five years. And we just jotted down some ideas about going to university, um, career progression. And I just saw the way he taught, the way he used to teach his lessons. He was excited. He was vibrant. He walked in in the classroom with such an aura. And he, the presence he had in front of us as well. And he was really funny. That's one thing that really got to us. He was really, really engaging. So Mr. Lewis, Mr. Damon Lewis, um, really inspired me as a 17-year-old. And then from there, I just thought, I want to go to university. I want to do my A-levels. I want to go to university and I want to become a teacher. And well, why did fantastic... you want to become a teacher? I think it was really, um, I wanted to be the person that I missed out on as a child yeah. to other people, to other children, if that makes any sense. It's, you know, so many, I say it all the time. I wanted to be the teacher I never had. And so many incredible teachers say, that's what they went into teaching to be it's really interesting and if you marry that with social justice which is like my life um mm -hmm. in a nutshell um i hate injustice in any way shape or form i saw the school that i was going to it was dilapidated we only moved to a new academy when i was in sixth form I, there was so much inequality and i just felt as though having a good teacher could equalize some of that inequality so mm -hmm. still making a step up in the classroom was always something that was on the cards after sixth form. So I went to university and then um, did my teacher training. Um, had my favorite ever year in teaching thus far, so far has to be my NQT year. Had a class of 34 boys who were year 11 and basically I was told they're unteachable. I got them from throwing pens and fighting to actually opening doors for one another and handing out books. Um, we were very, very lucky where our pass rate was really good that year as well. And I just had fun and I was just me, they were just them, and it was just perfect. And Can I just stop you there for a minute? You were very lucky that the results were great that year. So this had nothing to do with quality of teaching, your connection with the boys, your interest in them, all those hours of preparation you did. You don't think any of that? I think that, def that definitely played a part. Don't get me wrong. That definitely, <laughs> definitely played a part. The, what I meant by luck was it just worked out. I don't know how to explain it. There was like this energy in the room when as soon as I walked in, like I couldn't have asked for a better class and it was immediate. So we talk about the teacher um, in the Dead Poet Society, don't we? Uh, John Keatings, I think his name is in Dead Poet Society. That's a teacher I aspired to be like. And them boys, them young men, they, they took to me straight away. And bearing in mind, this was uh, 2016, the town was very Brexit, should I say? There was UKIP banners everywhere. As you can imagine, I feel absolutely welcome with open arms by everybody within the town. Um, there was a real, like, I think there was just low aspirations right across the school. So them young men, those young boys, many of them gone to university. They're studying their own courses. They're doing amazing things with their lives. But to be part of their journey for, for their last year of school, I think it was incredible. And the school's going through a lot of transition as well. And yeah, we just got along and... It's hard to describe and articulate to put is an intangible feeling. And I think you must have had that with many students and many classrooms yourself as well, where it just clicks. You don't have to do anything. 
there's nothing extra you can do or do you're just they love you for who you are and you love them for who they are I think I for me that's teaching from the soul where you have this deep connection with the profession and with the students that you teach so it's not about going in and doing a textbook lesson and delivering you know it's, it's not about filling empty vessels with knowledge and Mark Martin who's also known as the urban teacher I don't know if you know yes. him he says that children or, or students buy into their teacher before they buy into their learning and um, this is what I'm hearing from you that you you had a connection with Mr Lewis and that helped you turn around and become more committed to you and your learning and you in turn had that connection with your first group of year 11s in your NQT year and so they bought into you and as a consequence they bought into their learning and then they went on to um, achieve well and their achievements and your achievements and today we're celebrating you you know we're celebrating you and I think that is something that we shouldn't shy away from it's it's not boasting it's you know if it's based on fact and you've got all of that data you know where the children were when you got them you know where they were when they finished at the end of year 11 and I said I salute you and I celebrate you sure no thank you thank you it, it does it's it's my role, my my sort of like um, philosophy in teaching was because we lost our grandfather in 2015 when I was doing my PGC, actually first week of my, um, and I always want to mention him in every conversation that I have because he was very influential in my life, our grandfather. My sort of like philosophy that people have all these ideas, you know, retrieval practice or whatever. I just went for very simple. I lost a father figure, so I aspired to be one. And mm -hmm. I don't have any kids of my own yet. So the way I look at the students in my classroom, now I want to be a positive role model to them. And I think that's very understated in education. So yeah, any, any small micro interaction we had, I want to, want to be followed with kindness, with love, to just be supportive and gentle. Uh, all the things that my grandfather did with me, um, if I can impart them in the classroom and show a case, a bit of his legacy in front of those young people, then I've done my piece. Absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I love that. And yes, you are. You're an incredible role model um, for our young people. So thank you thank for you. that. Thank so, you. you know, continuing with the theme of celebrating you, tell us what's going on at the moment. What's your good news? How can we celebrate you more? Um, I've recently, I've been in conversation with um, a couple of publishers so one of my biggest dreams growing up was to have my own book published. Um, I always used to see books in shops, poetry books. And I think I went to university and uh, the book that I read was Search Party by George the Poet. And it was just poetry and it was like rap combined. And I thought that's not really possible. And I managed to get into the spoken word scene as well. I've spoken to people like Mark Grist on podcasts as well. So I've always wanted to have my own poetry book published. Um, I'm currently... I'd say I'm about 70% of the way there. Uh, the name and title's all done. Um, I've written all the sort of headings and everything. All the, po all the actual written work is done to it. The next step is the production. But that would mean the world. That's like nearly 30 years of me in a book. Like all the scribbles and things we used to do as children. I've still got them. And I was trying to articulate them into words and make them make sense. So yeah, we've got a, a range of poems in there, quotes and thoughts and I think you mentioned it earlier as well. I do think out loud on social media or just in general in life. And sometimes I like to have a place just to write them down and reflect on my personal thoughts. So this book is um, it's not the biggest of books, 
but it's uh, it's going to be something that really showcases um, the feelings of someone who grew up in the inner city, someone who did the social mobility movement, if you want to refer to it as that, um, someone who's been to the education system, someone who's at, at least attempted to keep hold of his core values throughout. And that's what's been the most important thing. So from the first page, from the first poem to the last page, the last poem, you'll see a consistent theme of someone who's been open, frank, kept their integrity, um, kept vocal about things that matter. That's what's been really important right throughout my life. And I never want to stray away from that ever. So i got to thank people like yourself, Auntie Valerie Daniel, uh, Raj Unsworth, people like you guys that have been very influential in getting me back on track because I felt as though for a long time, I kind of got goved. Um, I got goved <laughs> into the system. Um, I felt as though I became part of the furniture. I always knew that I should stand out in a way and, and, and find my own path. And I think it's definitely something that's on the horizon to get this book published. And we're not sure what the future looks like beyond that, but um, yeah, this book, it, it means the world to me, it really does. And obviously pending, you know, restrictions and COVID and everything else, I'd love to have a proper launch for it as well. I think that'd be wonderful. And I'd love to invite you and love to have you there um, when, when, if and when that does happen, so. I will be there. Thank you. With pride. I will help make sure that you have your book launch. Thank it you. will be fantastic. And um, I know that between now and that book launch, we will, we will go on celebrating you. you. Um, just keep walking your own path because you are absolutely brilliant. Um, and keep shining the light that you're shining for us through education. Thank I just you. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. Okay. So um, I'm going to say thank you very much, Shweb, for joining us on today's uh, Flying High podcast. Thank you, Aunt Alison. Thank you. So this is an exclusive for you, Auntie, okay? It's called Braveheart. I think I wrote it the other day. Uh, Braveheart by Shweb Khan. Even though he wore all our burdens and he attended all our sermons, Every shattered piece he gathered, every single tear of his mattered. It was all about you, despite hindsight providing us with the most beautiful rear view. Painfully seeing you suffer was nothing new, but it's the love that he always knew. All he fought for and all his virtues. How could, how, how, how could a single, how, how much could a single soul take? How much can one fake? How long does it take for a heart for, to break. A Mr. C, a Mr. C of broken dreams lay broken parts. Look a little closer and you'll find your brave heart. Bye, Shreb Khan. Huge thanks to Shreb Khan for being a flying high guest and for being the amazing Jedi warrior that you are. Thanks to our listeners for joining us. Please to go on to the Wednesday Winners Forum on Above and Beyond Education to share your good news stories. Let's reclaim our right to celebrate all the things going well in our schools and education communities. If you work in education and you'd like to take part in an episode of the Flying High podcast, simply contact me. I'd love to hear from you and our welcome diversity in voices. Thanks, Shweb, so much for what you do for our community, as well as to all our education community working together to make every school a great school.